Hosanna, save now, save now, save now. Or victory now, victory now, victory now. So Jesus is coming, you know. They didn't recognize always who he, who he was, but he had, uh, the Lord God had just used him to raise Lazarus from the dead. And then uh, he comes before the, the Feast of Booze or the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which, of course, represented God in, uh, in, in us, right? Uh, the future that uh, he was just going to um, do acts to cause to happen. And so... Uh, you know, he knew ahead of time what was going to happen that day. He told the disciples, he's like, uh, go, go to Bethpage and go uh, say, you know, the Lord has need of this donkey and this colt. And he said, if anybody asks you why, just tell them the Lord has need of it. Well, one of the writers didn't say anything about somebody asking, but the other writer said, yeah, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they, he's, they said exactly what Jesus said for them to say, the Lord has need of this. Well, they, they let him go. So... They had a mother and a son. It says that the, the people of the city of Jerusalem, that they laid out uh, their outer coverings, their cloaks, and their palm branches, and they, they just put them in the road to make a path for Christ to come on. And in Matthew... Was it chapter 21? Verse 1 through 11, you find this. But because of the time, I don't have time to read it in great detail. And so it says that he came humbly on a donkey. I'm avoiding saying the King James Version. <laughs> he came humbly on a donkey. I probably should read it too much, you know. Anyhow. So... Actually, on the back of the donkey, they placed their outer garments as well for him to sit on. And then they, then they the, 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 you know, roads are like jammed with people because this was the Feast of Tabernacles. This was the biggest feast of the year in Jerusalem. And if you were within 15 miles, you had to come to worship. So there's people from like all over the world that have come and there is great excitement in the atmosphere and in this atmosphere they see Jesus as Lord. And so they say, they begin to see him and they say, deliverance now, healing now, salvation now. And they're like, this is what's happening. So, so they're like, well, what can I do? And I think this is such a great representation because I, I thought this this morning and I thought, I really don't want to put my coat down on the ground. It's the most expensive of all the clothes I'm wearing. Not that it's even that expensive, but anyhow, of all these things, this costs the most money. And I thought, imagine that. They took for them what was most costly, which was their outer covering. And they laid it at the feet of the master. Or you could just say they took their outer covering and they laid it at the feet of the master for him to walk above.
To say like, the outward part of myself is nothing compared to you. You are greater than anything of the flesh. Anything I could go by, anything I could, I could try to do, any amount of natural strength that I have, I am declaring you are greater. And I believe you're so great, I am just going to shout with my mouth, salvation now, victory now, deliverance now. You know, in that time, the rulers and the kings, when they came to conquer and subdue you without your choice, they would come on a, Evie, what would they come on? Do you know? You love them. A horse. But when they came in peace, they came on a donkey. They came on a beast of burden. You know, you put all your weight on the donkey, and the donkey would carry your stuff. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You ever have an experience with the Lord? Well, is that the best way to say it? You ever been reading the Word, praying, maybe in a, uh, uh, a gathering like this where Jesus is glorified and magnified, and then um, you're like, this is so amazing. I just feel so full. It's, the things of God seem so real. And then one week later, you say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Is that really true? That must have just been a feeling I had. That couldn't have been real. <laughs> they could only know him outwardly. They could see what he looked like. Smell what he smelt like. My family, we don't really wear perfume. We use like a laundry detergent that's unscented and stuff like that. So Isabella says we smell like dirt. <laughs> we do wear deodorant. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We use soap to wash. But she says we smell like dirt. I was telling the kids the other day, they reminded me of that. They said, Isabella says we smell like dirt. <laughs> and I said, well, it's very scriptural because he made us from the dust. To the dust we shall return. Remember the, the, in um, Corinthians, I believe it is, where Paul said, we used to know Jesus Christ after the flesh. But we don't know him this way anymore. We no longer know him after the flesh. 
I don't think that means that they forgot what he looked like or what he smelled like. They knew him in their heart. And uh, where we left off last week, it's just going to take me about an hour to close this up, so don't worry. No, I'm kidding. Um, and great fear fell among the people. Um, you notice the disciples even before the Holy Spirit, they're like, I would never deny you. I would never deny you. And even to a little kid, Peter's like, uh, who? I don't know what you're talking about. Who is he? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So what happened? All of a sudden, after they received the Holy Spirit, these two-faced men became bold. Why? When the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, Christ himself comes to live on the inside of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, or verse 9, uh, as it's written, I has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. I has not seen, ear has not heard. In other words, your senses have not told you the great things that God has planned. Neither have entered into the heart of man, Right? the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Well, you're not knowing the things that God has prepared for you by your natural senses. I'll just figure it out. I'll just study it enough and look at it enough. I'll just figure it out. No, you won't. People a lot smarter than you have tried to figure it out. And they have not figured it out. You cannot figure it out. The devil himself has been around a lot longer than you have. And he did not figure it out because Paul goes on to say, if they would have known, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> okay, don't ever do this, kids. But... When I was younger, and then especially my parents' age, when they were younger, uh, before they knew it was poisonous to the human body, they would play with mercury. You ever seen mercury? Yes. Like, you ever try to, like, nail mercury down in one place? I always thought if it wasn't poisonous, I'd love to try to walk on a swimming pool full of mercury. <laughs> Woo! So... If they would have known what they were doing, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, like mercury? You put your finger in that mercury? Well, don't do it. But if you did, you know what happened? You had one drop of mercury. Now you have like a hundred drops of mercury all over, going all over that you can't even control. Right? So if they had known 
they never would have crucified the Lord of glory because when the Lord of glory was crucified, he put to bed forever the power of sin, the power of sickness, the power of death, the power of poverty, the limitations that a natural man in the natural world would have. And he exploded open the glory of God into the hearts of every single believer. If he'd have known, he never would have done it. Jesus gave us his glory on the inside of us. And his glory on the inside of us is the most intimate part of himself. You say, I was, I was telling my kids yesterday, I said, uh, you know, or no, Friday. Uh, I was telling them, I said, you know, like, imagine if you could have been with Jesus. What would it have been like? I wonder what kind of clothes he would have wore. You could have walked with him. What if he walked up to our house? I was on the back porch. What if he walked up right now and said, hey, hey, come with me. I want to take you somewhere. Would you want to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go. I don't want to go. I said, I want to go too. I said, imagine watching him minister to all these people, help people, heal people, raise people from the dead. Wouldn't it have been great to have been there with him? I said, imagine if he said, I want you to be part of my team just like he did the disciples. Huh? Come on, will you come with me? I said, would you leave everything and, and go? And one of them said, well, I would take my stuffed animal with me. And I said, okay, that's fine. Bring your stuffed animal. You have a place to lay your head. Maybe Jesus could lay his head on your stuffed animal. Okay. So, I said, imagine after the meetings. You could be like the disciples. You could say, Lord, um, Remember you were teaching on, uh, on that whole thing? Like, eat my flesh, drink my blood? Or Can you explain that a little more? Like, I know those other people left because of that, but we're here. You, you want to let us know what that is, right? You might see someone touched by the Spirit of God or the power of God. You say, hey, Lord, you know, uh, you know that man with the, the funny shirt? That woman with the strange shoes? I saw what happened to them. How did that happen? Well, he'd tell you about it, right? I said, imagine what that'd be. But you would just hear him talking to you about it. You would just be around it. I said, you know what has changed? What has changed is now he has come the most inward part of himself he has put into the most inward part of us so that now we know his thoughts and we experience his attitude when we go in fact if we don't go he doesn't go so he's given us the most uh, secret parts of himself That's why sometimes when he's leading you, you're, you're looking for words. Just tell me the actual words, like take two steps to the right and then five steps forward and one step left. You have a knowing on the inside. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Has become one spirit with him. 
So you have a knowing. You have an inward whisper in every situation. There's danger there. Turn around and go the other way. You know, Christ had that because God lived in him. I'm going to finish with this. Lord's going to give us uh, the opportunity to go deeper into this. John chapter 17 is somewhere here. Verse 20 through 23. (laughs) Aren't you thankful for Jesus praying this prayer? Because he was praying about you. Neither I pray for these alone. He's talking about his disciples that were physically there with him. But also for them which will, shall believe on me through their word. I don't know about you, but that is me. Right? Say, that is me. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Wait a second. Are you saying that Jesus, what he did, was the will of the Father? Well, no, I'm not saying that. Jesus actually said that in another passage of Scripture. Hmm. All right. That they may be one in us, (laughs) that the world may know that you have sent me, and the glory that you gave me I have given to them. The glory that God gave to Jesus Christ, he has given to every one of his believers. What is the glory? The glory is the magnificence of God. It is the weighty things of God. It is the splendor of God. In other words, if you want to see splendor in your flesh, show me flesh that God himself, the greatest artist who ever was created, without one blemish, without one defect, without one spot. If you want to see glory in your finances, show me someone who is fully provided for so much that they can give into every good work. If you want to see glory in your mind, show me the mind of Christ. That you think the thoughts of God and you act the thoughts of God. Wow. Commerce. Remember that part of the definition of glory? Commerce. Things coming and things going. Stuff's coming, stuff's going. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Stand with me. I don't want to take the full hour. I probably shouldn't have said that. You, your words create a pathway. Right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There is a stirring of the waters. There is a great awakening. 
there is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. You don't have to be sick anymore. You don't have to be poor anymore. You don't have to be bound anymore by anything except the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ. God has set you free. And he that has been set free by him is the one that is really free. People say, I would never want to be a believer. So many restrictions, so many rules. I don't know what you're talking about. As a believer, you just get to do whatever you want to do. The real you. Not whatever fancies your flesh. Not whatever stimulates your mind, natural mind. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask anything you want. Anything you want, it'll be done. Your wants change when you come into the family of God. You don't have to be worried, like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to do this, I'm going to want to do that. No. You will be really free if you're set free by Jesus. People think, I can do whatever I want. I can, I can uh, like we talked about Wednesday, I can be like the prodigal son, take all the money and just live wild, do whatever I want. That's what I want. I want to do whatever I want. I'm a self-made man. We see what you can make yourself. It's so impressive. Like uh, Dad Hagen used to say, if uh, I'll, I'll change it a little bit, but if all of our plans, all of our brains were dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow our nose. We're so impressed with your plans. You're a slave and you don't even know it. How terrible of a slave is that? To be one that's deceived. That you're serving sin. You're not the master. Sin is the master. You become slaves and servants to sin to do what sin says. You say, I can quit, I can quit, I can quit. You know how many times I've heard that? And I say, okay, quit. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Well, I, I could if I wanted to. I just don't want to. No, sin is an evil master. But you come to Jesus and he will set you free. That you'll not be a servant to sin, but you'll be a servant to righteousness. That at your right hand will be righteousness and at your left hand will be blessing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, maybe you're not a part of the family of God. Well, we talked about Palm Sunday, Christ coming. They call it the triumphal entry. That really happened. And then they really turned on him seven days later or a week later. They really turned on him, well, less than a week later, okay. What the hell? Five days later. So they began to shout, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You know, when he was crucified, 
Your sins were on Him. He was crucified with your sins, for your sins, by your sins. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. He is not mad at you. He is not disgusted by you. He gave the life, God gave the life of his only son, Jesus Christ, to set you free from those things. He's not waiting for you to clean up, uh, make yourself like do the right things enough, be disciplined enough so that you're acceptable to him. No, actually, if you were just the most disciplined person in the world, yet you messed up just in one little point, the Bible says that you're guilty as if you did the whole thing. Christ is the one that lived the perfect life that God demands. And he gave that life to you, to you and to me so that you could be a partaker of that life, that, that you could receive a life that comes without guilt, that you could receive a life that comes with a giving heart, a heart of love and a heart of sacrifice and a heart of power. You can know God today. Today you can know that your life is forever changed, that you're not on your way to hell, that you're on your way to heaven, that you're set free from every addiction, every disease, every sickness, most of all that your heart is new. You become brand new. I'm gonna pray a prayer, we're gonna pray it together actually in just a few seconds and when we do, if you'll pray this prayer from your heart and mean it from your heart, God is gonna hear your prayer. God's gonna answer your prayer. Jesus himself is gonna come and live on the inside of you. He's gonna come and take out the, the bad stuff and the old stuff and make everything brand new. You want a new slate in life? This is where it comes from. You got a fresh start. And, and, and the source of power and life in this fresh start is from heaven itself. Romans chapter 10 says, if you believe in your heart, not if you figure it out with your head or reason with your head, but if you believe from your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you say that with your mouth, say what? I believe you, God, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. You do that from your heart. Heaven will rejoice. You will be changed. I want you to make a decision in three seconds that you're going to give your life to Christ. Three, two, one. Turn to Jesus. No turning back. Let's pray. Father, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to remove my sins. And to forgive me for living a life without you. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to live for you every day. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I turn away from that life. 
and I turn to your life. I turn to you. Father God, I thank you that I am now a part of your family, that I am brand new on the inside. Sickness, leave my body. Jesus, baptize me with your spirit. In your name I pray. Amen.